If you have a cell phone, please make sure they are turned off or in silent mode. Please turn your Bibles over to the book of James. James chapter 5. We are, this is the, the third Sunday of the new year. If you made all of that, you have perfect attendance for the year. And if God comes back tomorrow, you have a great reward, great rewards from him for attending all of the Sundays. James chapter 5, verse, verses 7 to 11. I'm going to begin reading. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, my brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the, seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in another word of prayer, then we'll get to our message. Father, we thank you for all your blessings that you have given to us. We thank you for another day in this life that you have provided for us. We thank you for our loved ones, our children, our spouse. We thank you for allowing us to live in this country to where we can praise and worship you without fearing for our lives. We thank you for this building that you provided for us. We thank you for this church family that you've chosen for us. We thank you for the songs that we were able to sing earlier. I pray that it prepared our hearts, Lord God, to meet you in your message. We ask now, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to open all of our hearts. As they hear my voice, Lord God, let your Holy Spirit be the one that speaks to them. Open their minds, Lord God, and give them wisdom. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. Forgive me, Lord God, for I have many sins. Speak through me, Lord God. Override my preparation. Let you and you alone be heard and glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're still in the book of James, the Radical Change series. We're trying. We're on our final lap, though, chapter 5, right? We're almost there. Some of you have been praying for this study to end, and it's almost there. Almost there. All prayers are answered. Amen. The book of James is, is the book that doesn't speak so much of grace, but there's other books in the Bible that speaks a lot of grace. But the book of James, the intent of the author, the apostle James, is to say, you are a Christian, then prove it with your life. And it's not just behavioral changes, it's really internal change, which is a real change, a real conviction that must be seen in every believer, every person that calls himself a believer of Jesus Christ. 
I know it's, it's been so personal. This study has been so personal. So tonight, our message, I entitled our message, I Want Patience Now. <laughs> One of the most difficult things when you're trying to study, when you're studying to deliver the message, is God at times puts you in the test before the topic, during your study, or after you deliver. And for me, when I think of patience, I get irritated right away. I don't like waiting. I don't like going to the DMV. I don't like it when there's somebody in front of me in a red light and they're already turned green and they're still not going. I don't like it when I'm the one in front of the light and right the second that it turns green, they're honking at me. I want patience now. Patience is such a, I want to say not popular. It's not popular. The reason why premarital sex happens is because nobody wants to wait for getting married. They want to drive the car before they buy the car. The society has called we live in a society that, that actually adheres or takes advantage of the human nature of impatience. I remember when it first came out, you know, the cable thing. It says, on demand. Oh my gosh, there's a DVR. And you can watch your games, your shows, when you can, when you demand it. And then there was the birth of Amazon Prime. My goodness, Amazon Prime. Isn't that crazy? It took many businesses away because why wait for five days if Amazon Prime says one day? What are we doing? One day. And our iPhones. Our, our iPhones are, are only as good as the time you bought them because two months later, there's going to be an upgrade and then your phone is outdated. Because waiting is unpopular and waiting, we, we don't like waiting. There was a man who was, whose car stalled in heavy traffic as the light turned green. All his efforts to start the engine failed. And the chorus of honking behind him made matters worse because he was panicking, right? So he, he had enough of it. He got out of his car, walked to the first driver behind him and said, I'm sorry but I can't seem to get my car started. Tell you what, if you go to my car and try to start it, and I'll stay in your car and I'll stand on your horn too. Thanks, Loretta, you got it. <laughs> Waiting is frustrating. Patience is unpopular. And, and this is just not, again, this is not a behavioral change. What James is telling us, if you are a Christian, you will develop the virtue of patience. Now, tonight we have three points that we will only tackle. This passage, I should say, has three points, but for the sake of time, because I abused it last week, we will only take two. Patience in waiting for the Lord's return and patience in provocation. Let's begin. We always begin this with word study, right? We do. We, we try. We at least try. Makrotomia. 
is the original word of patience. Makros, which means long, and tumos means suffering. So patience in real language as intended means long-suffering. If you are married, you know that it all started with an engagement ring. And then you have the wedding ring. And now if you're married for how many years, you know you have the suffering. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff, but... Um... <laughs> okay, okay. Macrotomia. So there, there's, there's different meanings of this, though. So we're going to see that the, on our first point, it's about patience in the midst of trouble. In the face of trouble, the Apostle James, God through the Apostle James is telling us that we have to be patient in the midst of trouble. And then the other meaning of patience is, is forbearance, you know, long-suffering, steadfastness. You are not wimping out of any challenge in life. Oh, in the middle of your trial, you're going to quit. God, through the Apostle James, through those passages, we have seen that. So here, another sub-point. Our first point is patience in the Lord's return. Patience in the Lord's return. That's, that was in verses 7 to 8. So as a church... I've been here for as, as long as the church has existed. I think I've only missed the first anniversary because I didn't want to be part of the church. Although I was here, it, it existed. It, was, it, was, it existed because God used me as the Macedonian call for the founding pastor. But then when he came here, he said, I have some work for you to do. And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> but... I don't think as a church we have studied the, the difference between rapture and the second coming. That's why I'm going to take a, a little side road here for us to at least, and I'm not underestimating, most of you probably already know it, but for some that don't, we're going to know. We're going to find out tonight, okay? So do you know the difference between rapture, the rapture and the second coming? At the rapture, Jesus will return for his saints. At the second coming, he will return with his saints. At the rapture, Jesus will not descend to the earth. At the second coming, he will descend to the Mount of Olives as a prelude to his earthly reign. At the rapture, Jesus will bring a blessing for his saints. At the second coming, he will bring judgment for those who have rejected him. The rapture could occur at any moment. It could happen now. Imagine if it happens now, and you're not a Christian. The only advantage is you have plenty of nice cars outside to drive home. You can choose the right one. And you have other houses that you can live in. Imagine, right? It could occur at any moment. The second coming will occur seven years after the rapture. When the rapture occurs, Christ will take every deceased and every living Christian to heaven with him. Now, Paul described this in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to 17. 
For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Isn't that amazing? And so we will be with the Lord forever. Amen? Some of you are probably still not excited because the world is still so attractive for you. But you know what? If you are a Christian, you're going to be caught up there. Caught up in the Greek is harpazo. That's the word rapture. The Greek word from this term rapture is derived from 1 Thessalonians. The Latin translation of this verse, so the Greek is harpazo, but the Latin is rapturo. Rapturo. The Greek word it translates, which means to snatch or to take away. Elsewhere, it is used to describe how the Spirit caught up Philip near Gaza and brought him to Caesarea. That was in Acts chapter 8, verse 39. And to describe Paul's experience of being caught up in the third heaven, you can read that in 2 Corinthians 12, 2-4. Thus, there can be no doubt that the word is used in 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, to indicate that actual removal of people from earth to heaven. That's, that's Bible.org. I'm not making it up. So you'll be, you can take uh, solace there that scholars uh, wrote this and put it together. So James mentioned it there. So what James is talking about is not the rapture. James is talking about the second coming. We have to be patient, waiting for the second coming. And here's another verse about the second coming of Christ. Revelation 19, 11 to 16. The heavenly warrior defeats the beast is the title. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. That's us. We're coming down with Jesus on the second coming. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? God will no longer come back as a baby in Bethlehem and born in a manger. No more. He's coming back as a warrior, bringing judgment. No more saving. Is bringing judgment. Just in case you missed it, the difference, the rapture will protect God's saints from the tribulation, the seven years of judgment that will be poured out on earth. This is why you want to be a Christian. Judgment will come down on earth, but if you are a Christian, you will be taken away from it so that you don't suffer the consequences. There are some who argue that the tribulation period will begin before the rapture. However, the Bible says that there is 
that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Romans 8.1. I know we don't live this life perfectly. We're all going to be honest. We don't live this life perfectly. But because if you have accepted Christ in the past, your sins in the past, the present and in the future are all paid for. There's no more judgment for you. Which suggests that the church will not experience God's judgment during the tribulation. Seven years after the rapture, Jesus will return to earth in the event known as the second coming. His return will be entirely different from his arrival in Bethlehem as a humble child. When Christ returns, he will appear as the exalted king of the universe, surrounded by his saints. That's you. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are his saint. The powers of evil will be quickly defeated at the battle of Armageddon, and then Christ will establish his everlasting kingdom on earth. That is, again, doc, not me, Dr. David Jeremiah. Now we go back on what James said. James said in verse 7 to 8, Meanwhile, friends, wait patiently for the master's arrival. You see, farmers do, this is the message version. Farmers do this all the time, waiting for their valuable crops to mature, patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. Be patient like that. Stay steady and strong. The master could arrive at any time. Are you aware of this? And if you are, are you living such as this? With the knowledge that you know what, I'm going through a lot of trouble in this life. This life is just not pleasing all the time. I'm going through trials that I can't stand anymore. Do you have the assurance of peace in you, knowing that, okay, if I can't live out through this trial, if I die because of this trial, I will be in heaven. And in what James is saying, like, be like the farmer, an active participant. He's actively waiting. A farmer is very patient. Amen? That's why I'm not a farmer. I like to go to the groceries. If I need potatoes, go to produce, right? There's everything's in there. I tried, I tried, I, I tried with Gianna. She wanted, like, Dad, let's plant some strawberries. Okay, we did it, you know. But after maybe like 10 minutes, she said, can we just buy strawberries? <laughs> like the farmer, we should be patient as we plant seeds. Seeds of what? If, if, if God can come anytime, and if people will die without Christ, and they will go and spend it in eternity, eternal fire, What's the responsibility of every Christian? We have to live our lives glorifying to God so that our testimony is not ruined, one. And that we have to have the urgency to share the gospel. Amen? We can't just be waiting for God's second coming. We just can't wait that, oh, anytime now God's going to rapture me. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, you have to, right? You have to work. You have to Actively wait for God. Why? Because you look at that, because the crop is valuable. The crop is valuable. Valuable crops to mature. Are your loved ones that are not Christians, are they valuable to you? The answer is yes. 
your friends, your spouse that's not a Christian, your children that's not a believer, they are all valuable to you. So you have to be like the farmer, actively planting the seed. The, the fruit is not up to us, right? No, that's on, that's on God. We are to plant the seed, and some, sometimes we have to water it, right? As a farmer, we water it. But the growth or the bringing of the fruit, that's on God. The patience, because our topic is the patience, patience that James is talking about is not a passive one, but an active one. Stay steady. See it? Stay steady and strong. Similar to when you are running, right? If you were running, for those of you who tried the marathon or long runs, right? There's this thing that they call the second wind. Once you have that second wind, you can continue to do it. Second wind is patience to the believer. Yes, this life is full of challenges for us. This life is full of trials for us. It's not. That's what Jesus promised, remember? In this life, you will have trouble. But behold, I have overcome the world. So James is exhorting. After he spoke to the, remember, verses 1 to 6 last week that we studied in chapter 5, as James was speaking about non-believers. And he was speaking about non-believers to exhort the believers. And now on verses 7, to onwards, James again is speaking to us believers. That yes, you will be oppressed by rich people. Yes, there are evil people out there that will go after you. And the circumstances in this, in this world will be against your peace many times. But wait patiently for the master's arrival. And wait actively. Stay steady and strong. Knowing that Christ can come at any time, we should have an attitude of urgency. Amen? Urgency to live our lives glorifying God so that our testimony is not ruined. And urgency to share the gospel. Second point, patience with people. Patience with people. That's verse 9. Verse 9 reads, Brothers and sisters, don't complain against each other. If you don't stop complaining... You will be judged guilty, and the judge is ready to come. You see this? This is a command. And complaining, as much as we think it's just it's, it's a harmless thing, because we're good in complaining, right? Some of us, we, we have not developed the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we have always and mastered the gift of complaining. Complaining is evil, as we can see here. Because it says here, don't complain against each other. If you don't stop complaining, you will be judged. You will be judged by God based on how you grumble against each other. Based on how you complain. You know, marriages, or any relationships for that matter, because our second point is patience with people, right? Every relationship that we are involved in, in order for us to develop the, the virtue of patience, God will not give us nice people. Right? In order for your muscle to grow, you have to push 
resistance, heavy weights. In order for our patience to manifest and grow, God will give us what? Difficult people. God will give us difficult people. And, and you know, here in America, we don't have them, right? <laughs> you just have to spend a little bit of time on social media, and you can see the negative spirit and aspect of complaining. We just need to be married. <laughs> try not to... Try not to use this as a, a, try not to weaponize this, okay? (laughs) But marriage, in marriage is when Christianity is tested. You say, I want to eat adobo today. And your wife says, sure, sweetie. Is that all you want? You come home craving adobo. And she comes up with sinigang. <laughs> Completely different, right? But you didn't know the backstory. The soy sauce ran out. But she was very innovative and still thinking, hey, you know what? I'm still going to feed my husband. But no, because, because you're impatient and because you know she loves you either way, anyway, if you yell at her or not, you go ahead and say, whatever you say, with the tone of voice that is that you will never use to a stranger, that you, you will never use to a church family, that you will never use at your boss, who actually abuses you day in and day out. But you use it at your, to your spouse or to your children. You, we lose our patience to the people that we love, the people that matter to us. We have the right because I brought them in this world, I feed them, I pay for the house, I'm going to yell at them if I want. I'm going to lose my patience with them. We are to become like Christ. Amen? And one of God's character is that he is patient. And actually, it is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Remember when we studied the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and long-suffering. Let's emphasize long-suffering with how long-suffering, right? It, it's, it's long. It's not short. You are not patient if you're surrounded with nice people. You can never test your patience with with nice people. No way. Your patience is tested when God brings irritating people to you. Long-suffering. Complaining, grumbling against one another is sin. How does our patience grow? When we are given to deal with difficult people, there's just no other way. No other way. What better to practice and develop patience but through people? In all of the relationships that God brings our way, that is how our patience will grow. 
Look at God's character of patience, 2 Peter 3, 8-9. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, or slow in concerning His promise, as some count as slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that anyone should, anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Our second point, what based on what James is trying to tell us, is that we are to develop our patience with people. If you are a parent and you have just had enough of your children, you have to remind yourself, how were you when you were that young? James reminds us that we are not to complain about one another, but be patient. In the previous verses, he discussed that not judging one another. He also discussed pride, remember? The Bible, again, is the best reference of itself. We see Peter reminding us that if God is patient to the entire world in regards to converting and coming to him and waiting for his elect to be saved from their sins, we too should be long-suffering to one another. Amen? You know, pride will prevent us from doing that. Pride, I know it's not our topic, but it's together. Pride will tell us that I did it. How come you're not doing it? Pride, as Paul shows us here in Romans 12, 3. God has given me a special gift, and that is why I have something to say to each one of you. Paul speaking. Don't think that you are better than you really are. You must see yourself just as you are. Decide what you are by the faith, by the faith God has given each of us. How can we tie this in? If you are prideful, you can't be patient. If you have been impatient, you are being prideful. And you're not being loving. Somebody said, I love Christ, but I don't like the Christians. I love God, but I don't love people. There is a verse that says, how can you say you love God that you haven't seen, but yet hate your brother whom you have seen? It's in 1 John. It's a contradictory. So it's a new year, right? It's a new year. If you're thinking about what should I change in my life, if you have been an impatient person, maybe it's time, especially if you are a Christian, Maybe it's time that you develop the gift of the Holy Spirit of patience. And if you're impatient, you're not forgiving. A patient person becomes forgiving. And God reminds us that if He has forgiven us, we are to forgive others. Amen? So we are not to complain about one another. Philippians 2, 14 to 15, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you will be blameless and pure, children of God without any fault. You see it? God emphasizes through Paul, through James, and everything else in the scripture that, that complaining is evil. But you are living with evil people around you who have lost their sense of what is right. 
among those people, you shine like lights in a dark world. It's our testimony that is affected if we complain, if we are impatient with one another. This is why the, church is, the church's testimony or our work has been impeded because we have not been faithful to this particular command of God. We complain, right? We, we come to church and they, they're singing the same old song and we're music snobs, right? We're like, golly, can they not change their music? I need to change churches. You don't develop their relationship because you're so picky. You pick up a church, you join the church, and you say, you're so unloving there. So you pick up and leave. You get married two years in, and you found out that your wife doesn't like to do laundry. So you pick up and leave. You wanted to be invited in a children's party, so you have a baby. And then you found out it's so difficult to change diapers. So you pick up and leave. We, we don't develop, we don't develop the gift of patience, which is God-given, which is a command to us Christians. And then we wonder, I don't know why I don't have anybody in my life. You know why? You might leave churches, you might continue to leave marriages, but the same person goes to all of those places. It's that movie, What About Bob? Remember that movie, What About Bob? Bob was the problem. We are not to complain. Do everything without complaining. And look at this, arguing. Oh my goodness, another gift that a lot of people have developed. The gift of argument. Christian attorneys, rather than Christian believers, Christian witnesses, but Christian attorneys, not Christian witness. Pastor, you know, I would love to do that, but I think it's a bad idea. There is another thing that we could do this better. You know, that's fine. Suggestions are fine and taken well. But if that's just what you do, always complaining, always suggesting, but you know what, Pastor Joe, I think we should develop another praise and worship team. Why? Would you like to participate? No. I want the praise and worship team to develop and, and get better with, 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 their, with their talents. Okay, great. That's a great idea. Let's practice twice a week. Oh, wait, what? Twice a week? No, you know what? Let's just do once a week. Complaining and arguing. We are not to do it. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you will be blameless. Because, as James said, if you are arguing and you are complaining, the judge who is God, is right there. And he's taken it against you, or being condemned. Now we got to put all the thoughts together, right? God is patient, so we, we must, we too must be patient with one another. And we must be humble and not prideful when we are dealing with others. We have to be loving. You can't be loving and be a complainer. And we have to mind our testimony. 
Again, let's look at the verse again. Verse 9. Brothers and sisters, don't complain against each other. If you don't stop complaining, you will be judged guilty. See? Judged guilty. Clear. A complainer and a, and a, a person that holds, complains, and, and, and just continues to argue with other people, God takes account of that. And it's taken against that person. And the judge is ready to come. So the question, now what? He said a lot of heavy things there. And I'm like, I want to complain, but okay, fine. What? <laughs> now what? Now what? We must share the gospel patiently. Why do we need to share the gospel? Because without Christ, people will die and they will go to hell. And if God comes now, or when God comes and your loved ones have not accepted Christ, they will be condemned. So we have to share the gospel patiently. Not an irritating way where you want to kick down the door. We're supposed to be sharing the gospel with just how Jesus said, I am at the door knocking. Gently. Patiently. Loving. Because Christ himself was patient with us. Amen? I don't know how old you were when you prayed to receive Christ, but I was, I was quite of the age, and I did so many evil things already before Christ has saved me. And then even after I accepted Christ, I still did many stupid things. Share the gospel. Second, live our lives in anticipation of Christ's second coming. That's why you're going to share the gospel. When you live your life in anticipation of God's second coming, this life becomes temporary because it is. Amen? God must be our all. Our vision must be heavenwards. Our minds should be focused in heaven where Christ is seated. Our hearts should be set on things above, not on earthly things. The reason why we're stressed in this life because we want more, more, more. Because what, that's, what the, that's what the world keeps telling us. Oh, you have, a, you have a house? You need houses. Are you almost retired or are you retired? You need to get more. You, you need to have more fun. We're, we're, we're so dissatisfied. But if we keep our minds on the anticipation of Christ's second coming, everything becomes meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless. All of it is meaningless, said King Solomon in Ecclesiastes. But we have to wait for it patiently. And we, just, we said it earlier, right? Patiently, when it comes to the second coming of Christ, it has to be like the farmer, actively waiting, not passive, not lazy, not lazy. This year, change your ways. If you have been lazy about sharing the gospel because, oh, you know what? I've shared to them many times, but they don't want to listen. Let just, I'll just have them be condemned. I'm so stressed out already with everything that I worry about. No. Remove everything and make it a priority to live your life according to God's will. Pray for the lost. Endlessly. Continuously. Patiently. I don't know how many times you've prayed for uh, your loved ones that are, and your friends that are lost. I don't know how many times you've prayed for when missionaries come, out, come up, for you, uh, they go to the field and they come here. I don't know if you only prayed for them at that moment 
but you should be praying for them. And up to now, right, we have a lot of our ladies uh, that are in the mission field. You should be actively praying for them, for their safety, and for the gospel to be shared. It has to be like that. Even in prayer, we have to remove the laziness of our prayer. Yes, you, you pray about everything that you need. Ask God for everything that you need. But pray, pray for the lost. Amen? Don't develop the, the, the gift or the curse, I should say, of apathy. Because everything else is going well in your life. You, have, you just don't care. You just don't care about others. Pray for the lost. Be involved. Be patient, here we go, with other believers, knowing that it is, our it is our testimony to the outside world. Amen? If you are a Christian, you have to belong to a body. There is no lone wolf Christian. I know that's such a cool thing, you know, like, I'm a lone wolf, you know. I'm a, I'm a stallion. I'm, I'm from the wild. I cannot be tamed. You know, yeah, sure, man, sure. I like that. Yeah, yeah. The lion in the wild is, is cooler than the lion in the cage in the zoo. Sure, sure, but it's not going to benefit you any. Every Christian belongs to a church family. Every Christian belongs to a church body. You have this year. How can you be patient with other believers if you're not surrounded with other believers? If you're just going to continue to hide in the back of a big church or a small church even, and not be involved. You're, like you're, you're, you're aware that you need to be part of a church, but you're, you're rebelling of that command of God. Because how can you develop patience, which is God's command, is that you become patient with other believers. Because our church is not a perfect church. Amen? We have a perfect God. That's what we can count on. Everything else amongst each other, we're going to irritate one another. If you find a perfect church, don't join it because you're going to ruin the perfect unity there. Be patient with other believers and then being patient with others as God was and is patient with us. Be patient with others as God was and is patient with us, meaning don't be judgmental, right? We said it the last time, right? We, when we judge, we're determining what is right and wrong, and that's fine. And if we love, and we should love our fellow Christian, we in love tell them the sin that they are committing. But we are to be patient when they're failing. When our children are failing, we are to be patient with them. They're just children. That's why Ma, is my mom listening? <laughs> just be patient with me. You know, I'm, I'm just a child. <laughs> now, let's, let's see again. James 5, 7 and 9. Brothers and sisters, be patient. The Lord will come. This is easy, easy to read version. So be patient until that time. Look at the farmers. They have to be patient. They have to wait for their valuable crop to grow and produce a harvest. They, pay, they wait patiently for the first rain 
And the last strain, you must be patient too. Never stop hoping. The Lord is coming soon. Brothers and sisters, don't complain against each other. If you don't stop complaining, you will be judged guilty and the judge is ready to come. Is it making more sense now as you read it? We discussed many things there. We got rapture, second coming, and all that other stuff. Now, according to a traditional Hebrew story, Abraham was sitting outside his tent one evening. And when he saw an old man, weary and weary and and from age and on old age, and he was tired from his journey, coming toward him, Abraham rushed out, greeted him, and then invited him into his tent. There he washed the old man's feet and gave him food and drink. The old man immediately began eating without saying any prayer or blessing. So Abraham asked him, don't you worship God? The old traveler replied, I worship fire only and reverence no other God. When he heard this, Abraham became incest, grabbed the old man by the shoulders and threw him out of his tent into the cold night air. When the old man had departed, God called to his friend Abraham and asked where the stranger was. Abraham Abraham replied, I forced him out because he did not worship you. God answered, I suffered for him. These 80 years, although he dishonors me, could you not endure him one night? In this church, we say to know Christ, to become like him, to make him known. We cannot do any of that if we are impatient. To know Christ, you have to read your word. I know a lot of us want the Amazon Prime reading, right? You go, wow, there must be an easier way to do this. There's no easier way. Anything that is of value comes, it it, it takes a, a time. It takes time and effort. For you to be healthy, you have to eat right for a long time. Not just for one evening. For you to get healthy, you have to exercise. Not just one week. It's going to be a lifestyle. For you to know Christ, you have to be patient in reading his word. You have to be patient when you're listening to the pastor, even though he's taking time and he's so boring. <laughs> and you can't complain. <laughs> let's, let's wrap it up here. The, with the church's mission, the message of James in verses 7 to 9, to know Christ, knowing Christ's imminent return, right? That's us knowing about Christ. There, he will come again. And it's imminent. Nobody can stop it. The Apostle James exhorts us believers to be patient in waiting for Christ. Because when evil seems to be winning, what do we want? Lord, come now, Lord Jesus, come now. All this this, this transgender agenda that's been happening, all this evil just lurks our society. What do we say? Lord, why are you allowing this? Just come now. In the city council meeting, they had a say to this priest, pray. 
And then, and then he ended it with, with how they end their prayer. They, they said, Hail Satan. But we can't pray. We can't even pray. We can't even pray in schools. To become like him. God is patient. So we are to become like him. We have to be patient. Like a farmer is patient. We become like Christ who is patient. Amen? When Christ was crucified, remember when he was crucified? And then the people that were just hurling curses at him. What did Christ do? He said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yes, that is, that is grace, but that's so patient of Christ. He wanted them to have more time. You know, I'm so glad that Jesus is not like us or like me. Let's just, I'll just isolate me here. Because if, if it were me, the first person that, the first time I felt a slap, I would have said, done. I'm going to reset this whole thing. I'm going to start a whole new world with new people. No, but Christ took all the spit in his face, the slap that he took, not for his sins, but for yours and mine. And then when he could have said, these people, I'm done with them, let them die, what did he say? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Let's become like Christ. To make him known. The making him known part, sharing the gospel, living our lives, glorifying of his, or worthy of his name is the byproduct, the fruit. It's the byproduct, it's the result right? The byproduct of what we know that gives us a desire. If we know Christ, our desire becomes of Him. Remember uh, Psalm 37, 4. Delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. But we think that that verse means if I delight in God, God will give me the rest of the world. No. If you delight in Him, the, the fruit of your heart the result of that is that you will desire him. So to make him known when, we share, when we're sharing the gospel, when we're speaking about God, it's because our heart is overflowing. What is in the well will be in the bucket. Right? You can't give what you don't have. So if you don't love God, you're not going to be sharing about God's love. If you don't see the importance of, of heaven... And God's second coming, that God can come anytime, they're not going to be sharing the gospel. They're just going to continue to pray for your blessings. I want, more, I want more money. I want more house. I want more properties. I want a better car. I want, 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 want. Want, 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 want. We are to share the gospel because knowing when a person dies without Jesus, they will be forever condemned. So this, this new year, and as we go through our final leg of the book of James, let us be aware that our impatience reflects bad against the, the testimony that we carry as Christ believers. That as Christ followers, we are to become patient. Amen? Patient. And we are to stop complaining. Because it doesn't glorify God. We are to stop complaining about each other. We are to tell each other our mistakes. 
that we are to grow, we are to forgive, we are to educate each other. But we are not to complain and we are not to argue. Amen? Remember, remember, God was very patient with you. And God continues to be patient with you. It's just right that you do the same for your brothers and sisters. Amen? That is our message this evening, this afternoon. Thank you very much for your patience. As the praise and worship team make their way up here, as we, and they're going to sing, lead us to sing our closing song. If you have not surrendered to Jesus Christ's lordship, if you have not accepted him as your Lord and your Savior, you are still very much condemned in your sins. To be saved from our sins, it's not about works. At least it's not about our work, but it's about Christ's work on the cross. But that cannot be yours until you accept that gift, because Christ is giving it to you. If you'd like to accept that gift this afternoon, please come up so I can lead you into that prayer. Or for the people up there, Brother John. If you are here this afternoon and you need prayer, if you need something from God, don't come to church and not ask for prayer. Please come up so we can pray for you. And if you've been attending this church for quite some time and God has impressed it in your heart that this is the body that you should belong to, please come up so we can recognize you. Let's all rise. Let's all rise and uh, I'm going to close us in prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for all your blessings, Lord God. We thank you for your message. We ask, Lord, for forgiveness of our sin, for our sins, the sin of impatience, complaining, and arguing. Help us, Lord God, to live like you. Help us, Lord God, to glorify you. Help us, Lord, to not be a complainer. Help us, Lord God, to have the urgency to share your gift of grace to our loved ones to our friends, to our co-workers. Let us not be impatient when they say no. Help us, Lord God, to be prayerful to them, for them. Help us, Lord God, to be patient. We need you, Father. And I pray for everyone that is here this afternoon, Lord God. I pray for healing for those who are sick. And I pray, Father God, that you will empower us to obey you this whole week. We love you, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen.